Today's episode is brought to you by Highlight. Buying, selling, and minting NFTs should be as easy as buying something on Amazon Prime. And that's exactly why Highlight was started. You have access to no-code tools and infrastructure to help creators and artists design and mint NFTs. You can also build custom-branded membership communities and connect with your most loyal fans. To learn more about Highlight can help your business level up, go to highlight.xyz. That's highlight.xyz. When it comes to numbers, like you could buy followers, you could buy comments, you could buy likes, but a lot of people will tune in for the spectacle. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of followers who are just like there for the show. Like, you're really good on the internet, so we just want to watch you on the internet, but it never translates to anything real. It's like, that's why looking at engagement is such a big thing. Like, I'll look at a nigga followers, but then I'll look at how many comments. Like, I'll be looking at that kind of shit, like how many comments he got, like how many people are really tapped in with engagement, like on all platforms, because that's how you can really tell. Hey, welcome to the Trapital Podcast. I'm your host and the founder of Trapital, Dan Runcy. This podcast is your place to gain insights from the executives in music, media, entertainment, and more who are taking hip-hop culture to the next level. Today's guest is Rex Life Raj. He's a Bay Area artist known for the Father Figure Trilogy and his upcoming album, The Blue Hour. In this episode, Raj and I talked a lot about the inspiration for this album and what brought him up to this point. Raj unfortunately lost both of his parents in the past year, so one of the big focuses for this album was grief. What are the things that Raj had done to process that, him being able to navigate that, and some of the coping things that he had done over the year and how that helped prepare him to be in the mode to create this album. So we talked about the process for that, and we also talked about some of the things he's done to market and push the album. He has a vlog, he has a trailer, and being able to truly document the process. So we talk about some of that balance that a lot of artists have between the marketing they need to do and the actual product that they need to put out and share with their fans. We talked about that, and we also talked about how that relates to TikTok. TikTok has been one of the growing debates with a lot of artists in terms of how they put their content out there and record labels wanting to push them to do things. But Raj is in a different position. He isn't signed to a record label. He is independent. He still does distribution through Empire. So we talked about that decision as well and how he looks at some of the broader trends, whether it's TikTok or thinking more broadly, he does have a tour coming up as well to promote the album. So we talked a little bit about what it's like doing festivals versus doing tours yourself. And this was a really good episode. I think a lot of the independent artists will appreciate this. A lot of the independent creators will appreciate this as well, because a lot of you are taking a more bootstrapped approach. You know, it's going to be a longer game, but a lot of the decisions you make need to line up with this strategy. And Raj is someone that's doing it on a successful level. So I hope you enjoy this chat. Here's my conversation with Rex Life Raj. All right, today we got the one and only Bay Area native Rex Life Raj here. How you doing, man? Man, I can't complain. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this. And it's good to talk to the artists that are from here, and especially you, because you have always had the Bay Area such a clear and prominent focus in your music, in your music videos. And I really feel like it's a character in your art in a lot of ways. Can you talk a little bit about the influence the area has and how it shapes what you put out? Yeah, man, I think the the Bay is 
just like such an influential place and you see it in terms of just the way like our lingo spreads the the sound of the music spreads you know the dancing that comes from here everything is so like cultural and impactful that I feel like if you're from here it just comes out of you without even trying because you know people always tell me like they get that from me and I don't even be trying it's just like who I am so I think the Bay Area is tight because it's like a blend of so many different people but at the core of the culture everybody hyphy for real you know what I'm saying and that's really what it is you know so yeah I love the Bay man yeah it's like not everyone needs to do hyphy straight up music but I feel like you kind of found your own spin on that right like you can see the origins but you took it in your own direction yeah it's just like I think that's what's dope about art is that like to me, art is just people living this life and taking these experiences in and it goes through your filter and it comes out how it comes out. You know what I'm saying? So I took in all this life from around me and this is how it comes out. But I think you can still feel like the Bay Area in it just because, you know, this is who I am and where I'm from. Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, look at your background. I know that your father was a big influence, not just in your music, but also how you approach your careers as someone that owned businesses. And I feel like I see a similar thread with how you've went about the business side of music especially as independent artists yeah for sure like like you said my dad was an entrepreneur since i was born i think he had like he worked at coca-cola up until i think a couple years before i was born and then after that it was pure like entrepreneurship he got tired of working for people he wanted to set his own schedule and kind of just be in control of his own destiny so that's all i really know like my mom worked at cal up until i was like three or four but then she started fully working with my dad in, in the business. So it's kind of like what I come from. I don't even really know what it feels like to work a job. Like I worked some summer jobs while I was in college, but everything I know is kind of like building it from the ground up, building it from scratch and, you know, nurturing it and watching it grow. And that's kind of what I do in every avenue, in like in music and the brands I have outside of music is just kind of all I know. Right. And I know with that path, it takes a lot of patience and likely a lot more patience than you're seeing from some of your peers that may be doing other things, whether it's with major labels or others. And I can speak to that too, from running a bootstrap business and just seeing how it is with others that are going a different path. But how has that been from your perspective, just balancing obviously the patience, but knowing the long-term outcome that's on the other side. Yeah, man, I think it's just something that's kind of ingrained in me from, you know, seeing my parents because they had that business for like 30 years and it was so many ebbs and flows in the business, but just knowing like it's something sustainable that's going to carry you for the rest of your life. It puts a different perspective on it. And also it's like, I come from a football background and I was an old lineman, you know, so I'm, I'm used to not getting like, no shine and no glory and just putting in the work. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of what I come from. So I feel like it's like that with music. And for me, and you could probably relate, when you're doing something like this, it don't feel like work. You know, you're just having fun. So I'm not looking at it like, oh, this is hard. This is tedious. It's like, nah, you're, you're building something. It's a blessing, bro. I get to build something from scratch that people resonate with. You know what I'm saying? And it's like people are finding value and meaning in it. So it becomes like even more purposeful for me. So it's just like, bro, I'm I'm blessed, bro. I can't complain about too much. Was there ever a point that you did consider doing a more traditional record label deal? Um, not really. I mean, we I want to say a few years ago we took a few meetings with with some bigger record labels, but I think my situation with Empire for me personally is just 
you know, it's ideal, you know, because I can move how I want to move. I can kind of do what I want to do. There's no restrictions on me. And, you know, you hear stories about the majors and you're on a schedule or you're shelved or you can't put out something. People have been waiting for like a year to put out music. And, you know, it's such a big system that you can get lost in it. You know what I'm saying? You just banking on having somebody in the building that's rocking with you. And you hear stories about those people leaving and now you just kind of, you know, up in the air. So it's like, you hear a lot of weird stories, but for me, the situation I'm in is just, is is solid. I can't, I can't speak on what happens down the road or if it makes sense, maybe it'll make sense then. But for right now, it's like what I have is pretty tight. I hear you on the weird stories. The one I keep hearing right now is people talking about the labels trying to make them put out TikToks, right? Label wants them to put out a TikTok before they release the track, before they release the album. What do you think about that? It's interesting, bro. I think about that a lot. It really makes me sad. You know what I'm saying? Like when I really think about like what it, but it makes me sad because it's like if you're an artist and you want to do that, and that's kind of like because some people have that persona and personality where it plays into that. You know, like they're good at the internet. Some artists are really good at the internet, but I feel bad for the artists who just want to make music and now they feel like they have to TikTok and it's less organic and it don't feel right. Like to me, that's not tight. But at the same time, it's a platform that's enabling so many up and coming creators because the algorithm over there is crazy. Like I remember when I first got on TikTok, I had like 50, 70 followers who just followed me over to TikTok, but I would post things and they would go like fake viral, like 30,000 views, 40,000 when I only had 50 followers. So I'm like, it's a game that you have to play. Like you can go over there and, and bullshit and fake go viral on accident. You know what I'm saying? But it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of contingent upon the artist, but I see, you know, the gift and curse in, in both sides. Yeah. And I think we're also still just so early that we're likely going to see more types of content that can be put out when someone puts out a TikTok, right? Because I feel like when it started, it was people doing these dances that are just in this like vertical screen, but all right, they're expanding the time frame. Like it doesn't have to look like that. It reminds me of like when MTV first came out, you started to hear a little bit of that, right? Everyone thought it was just going to make people these like ponies that just did these like Milli Vanilli dances and stuff like that. But then it, then it evolved. So I feel like that could still happen, right? Just because like you said, the reach is so massive. Yeah, no, and I think it's happening right now because I feel like with anything, what I've learned in my experience is that fans, like people who are fans of you are who are becoming fans of you actually want to know you. And I feel like, you know, with TikTok, it's, it's a place where you could be, you could be dancey and viral and all that, but you could really be personal and show people behind the scenes. Like I look at uh, like a cat like LaRussell out of Vallejo and he's really good at like at the internet period, but like he's not really tiktok and like playing the game he's just getting on there and rapping you know what i'm saying and people are receptive to that because there's a whole demographic who just want to hear people rap so i think it's really about finding like your little niche something that's comfortable for you and understanding that like you're not making content for everybody in the world you're making content for your people and finding your people and like i said doing what's comfortable with you and you can win for sure yeah no i agree with that and that's a good example of that right like I was just reading an article that was talking about, yeah, the platform's maturing and it's going to be more niches and the more niches, yeah, the less people that are going to want to see these standard TikTok dances, more people are going to want to see bars, they're going to want to see people rap. So that's a good point there. Shifting gears though, I want to talk a little bit more about your album, The Blue Hour, and what you have coming up. You have the trailer for it, you got the vlogs. 
I really like how you've built up and had the rollout for it. Can you talk to me about the strategy or the plan for how you wanted to execute that all? Yeah, for me at this point, bro, because I just understand like everything is about content. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about with TikTok. Content is king, you know what I'm saying? And, and for me, it's just I wanted to have as much content as possible. So I had the cameraman, you know, my boy Sal was filming all the sessions. And then um, anytime I have a show, I have somebody film it or anytime I have ideas, it's like, let's try to do this idea. You know what I'm saying? Because the more content you have, the better. And so it's just literally when I went into it, it's just like, bro, follow me with the camera and just get everything. Then it'll be shit in there that we could just slowly roll out. It'll turn into a vlog. It'll turn into a documentary. Like I'm actually shooting a real documentary right now that we're starting to drop trailers for. But it's just like anytime there's a, a camera, turn it on. You know, because you could choose whether to put it on or put it out. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like you have to put it out, but people want to see the process like they want to hear the music of course but people want to see the process they want to see how you create they want to see the thinking behind it they want to see who you're collaborating with it just makes that connection to your fans i think that much stronger so it's like with me i'm just trying to involve them in as much of the process and my thinking as possible to really you know make them connect as much as possible that makes sense do you ever feel any tension with that approach? Because I know I've heard from other artists where they feel like when the cameras are on and they need to do this stuff, it makes them feel like they're more of a marketer than they are an artist. And obviously it's a combination of both, but how was that for you, especially as you know, you want to be in album mode, you know, you obviously have a concept that you want to be able to do purely from an artistic perspective. Yeah, I don't really have that problem, bro. And it might be because I didn't have the camera on me at this point for a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always had people following me with cameras. But also, it's like, I think, it, you know, if you have a good videographer, they're not all in your face with the camera. Like, they might ask you questions every now and then, but the people I work with, they're playing the, playing the cut. You know what I'm saying? It's like, they're almost not even in the room. To me, that's the best kind of cameraman. It's just like, he's behind the speaker, or you're not even paying attention to him, and he's kind of shooting you while you're in the booth, because... I'm with you. Like, it could be a distraction. I think as soon as the camera comes on and you're very conscious of it, it changes everybody. Like, this conversation with us would be different if we weren't on camera. It'd probably be more candid. But since we know people are watching, like, you kind of change. So, like, I think it's really just, like, having a good cameraman is just, like, they're not really in the room. And then maybe after, you know, luckily I've had good camera videographers who are, like, afterwards they'll contextualize it. Like they'll ask me a question or like, let's elaborate on this afterwards. But during the process, it's really kind of like playing a cut and just recording. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think for you as well, thinking about this album specifically, a lot of the focus you're talking about grief and you want to be able to not just process your own, but helping other people with it. Why was that an important focus for you with this album? For me, because I think, my music is very much grounded in reality in my, my real life. And I feel like for me, like this past year, year and a half was the most insane, impactful year I've personally ever had in my life. And I feel like there's no way that it wouldn't come out of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just so much happened and there was so much emotion and everything built up in me and it came out in the music. And for me, it was almost like, you know, you went through all this shit and you felt all these feelings, there has to be a way that you could like transmute this into something that can help people going through the same thing. And for me, music has always been that. Like my favorite songs aren't really the turn up songs. They're the songs I cut on when, you know, I'm going through some shit or I need to cry or I'm in my feelings or something. 
and it's like knowing that music has that capacity and knowing that it can do that like music has healed me in times where I was going through whatever I was going through and knowing that I have the potential to do that to me it feels only right to put that into my music because like I said I've done songs where like Moxie Java and Shit and Floss where people turn up and it's crazy when I perform it but then I do songs like Time where it hits people on almost like a spiritual level it's not even almost it is a spiritual level in that feeling that's how I know it's my purpose because I'm so attached to that feeling that people get rather than just like turning up and having fun so it's like I wanted to create a space for people to be able to talk about grief to be able to talk about it especially for black men because we experience it so much but how we talk about it like with the homies to me it's kind of like crazy either either we talk about it very surface level or we don't talk about it and we hold these feelings in and we harbor it and that's why for me like going back to everything outside of the music the music is one thing but my rollout has been to be focused on like letting people know like yo it's okay to express these feelings it's it's necessary to talk about these things you know what i'm saying so that's kind of been my whole thing with this with this album let's take a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsor let's talk more about today's sponsor highlight it's the easiest and most effective way to onboard and establish artists fan base to web3 they make it easy for you to build, mint, and launch token-gated communities with no crypto experience required. Highlight is a community-building platform, not a marketing platform. You can allow your most engaged fans to participate in your community's growth by buying membership in NFTs that they own, let members enjoy access to a private community, gated content, and exclusive benefits, and you can help creators earn a revenue split every time membership or benefits are bought and sold. Highlight is backed by the world's leading crypto technologists, music management companies, and other prominent players. Investors include Han Ventures, Kevin Durant's 35 Ventures, and more. Are you an artist, manager, or exec, and are you interested in finding out how to sign up for a free account? Learn more by going to highlight.xyz. That's highlight.xyz. Yeah, I feel like this has generally gotten better over time where we are seeing more artists like yourself and others sharing their thoughts and being vulnerable. And I think we've seen it just more broadly in culture where people are becoming much more comfortable and there is less of a stigma, especially with black men around checking out for your own mental health, being able to get awareness with things. But I still feel like there's plenty of room to grow with that. So you, of course, you know, not just using yourself as an example, but being able to communicate that through music is going to help a lot of people. I know you mentioned that the past year and a half has been tough, and I'm sure that a lot of people could likely relate to that for their own respective reasons. So there's a timeliness here as well. And there's so many things happening that I feel like we've almost become immune to whether it's things happening in our own life or things happen in society where no, it's helpful to pause because that doesn't happen as often as it should. And things just keep going and going, you know, literally, man. And then for me too, it's like for people who don't know, just to kind of like give you a synopsis of what's going on. I lost both my parents last year. Um, I lost my mom in May and then my, my dad in August and the majority of the album, was written right before my dad passed so in those two or three months right after my mom passed and it's crazy because i remember something she said with me that stuck with me is like when she got diagnosed with cancer 
we had a conversation and one of the things she said was, no matter what happens to me, I know you'll you'll do something good with this. Like whether it be music or whether it be, you know, just you talking about it or whatever. She's like, I know something good come from this. And I feel like one of the biggest things for me when it comes to grief is finding ways to honor the people you lost, right? So for me, it's like the album honors her. Me talking about, you know, what I'm going through honors her. And that's one of the biggest things for me. That's why I'm so open about it. Because it's like, yo, it's one thing to go to the cemetery or, you know, wherever your place is where you honor the people you lose. But to me, like, I want to take action in some way to honor my mom. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what this rollout is for me. I mean, I could only imagine how how you felt. It's so sad just losing both of them in such a short amount of time. And obviously this album has been a point of catharsis for you. I'm sure just the process. And like you mentioned, a few of the things you've done as well. But what are some of the other ways that you've been able to, to the best that you can, cope and manage your own stress and grief with the losses and any and everything else in your life yeah man music has really been the main thing because it's really therapeutic for me but i think being around friends and family for me and being able to talk about these things and cry when i need to in front of the homies and just get things out is important i try to stay on top of like meditating like i try to meditate two or three times a week you know i pray a lot you know, anything that I could get these feelings out of me. One of the biggest things for me, it sounds funny, but it's the Peloton. You know what I'm saying? Because for me personally, when I'm going through anything, working out is such a stress reliever. You know what I'm saying? So I had got a Peloton right when my mom got sick. And it was something that like anytime I had built up extra energy or anxiety in my body, I'll just go hop on a Peloton. And outside of me losing a little bit of weight, it just helped me mentally, you know, just working out. So. I'm really thankful uh, for the Peloton. Shout out all the instructors and stuff on there. That's really tight. But yeah, just finding ways to get it out of me. Like I do all the the little stuff. Like I journal a lot. You know what I'm saying? Anything I can get my thoughts out and just kind of figure out what's going on. Because I feel like people have these things in their head. But when you write it down and you can reread it and really see what's going on in your mind, you get a better understanding of what you're going through. So I did this thing called Morning Pages, which at one point I was waking up every morning. So what you do is you wake up every morning. And you just journal for like two or three pages, whatever comes to your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter what it could be. Because when you first wake up, it would be shit like, I'm tired. I really don't feel like writing this. I didn't get a good night's sleep. But the more you write, the more real feelings and thoughts come out. And what happens is if you do it for a long enough period of time, you start to see consistencies in your thinking and your feelings, right? So you might, for somebody that might be, you know, in their relationship, they keep having these problems in their relationship. And they notice that they write about it every day, you know, or they, you're having problems with your dad or your mom or something that keeps coming up. And what it allows you to do is see it like, yo, this thing keeps happening. And then you have the choice to make, take an action because if it keeps happening and you don't take action, nothing's going to change. But by you writing it every day, like you've seen it seven days, the last seven days, it forces you to take action and you can clearly see what's going on in your life. So I really believe in that. I read that in a book called the artist way. I highly recommend like that for any artist or anybody just in the creative realm for sure. That makes a lot of sense. And I've heard similar with people doing voice memos as well, you know, just being able to have that steady, consistent thing that you're putting out there. Cause yeah, over time it is going to be a reflection of where things are and just the, habit of it's one thing to journal but it's actually having a common practice with it i'm sure that's been huge and i can imagine that even some of that has been helpful reflection for you as you were 
putting this album together as well. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because when I was going through, you know, basically being a caregiver for my parents because I was taking care of both of them, I didn't really have time to do music because I was so, you know, consumed and taking my mom to chemo or radiation. And then my dad, he was already sick. So I'll have to take him to dialysis and the Kaiser. And I was, you know, cooking the meals and staying at the house, make sure everything is right. So I really was, was so overwhelmed with life that I didn't even have the capacity to do music. But what I always did was I have uh, in my notes tab, I have a note just called life notes. So anytime something would happen like i would have feelings a lot of different feelings and emotions i would just jot it down in the notes so in my phone i literally had bro just so many life notes because i there's music and everything there's songs and the conversations you have with people are songs like these feelings that you feel these experiences that you have can all be turned into music so even though i couldn't necessarily make music i was just taking notes so when it became like after my mom passed and i started going back to the studio like I had just so much to draw from, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like I had to sit and even think about, oh, what am I going to write about? What am I going to do? It's all in the notes. So it's like the album was written before it was written. I just had to piece it together. Right. That makes sense, right? It's like documenting the process, like, like anything. And I do think that just being able to have that likely helped the product of it too. So, and I know that that was coming out soon. You're definitely excited about where things are heading. Do you have any particular milestones or goals that you have that you're trying to hit with this album? I know that you're not signed to a major record label, so some of those same types of things may not exist, but a lot of it may be a bit more on the personal side for what you have. Is there anything that you have that you're shooting for that you have as a particular milestone? Not necessarily numbers-wise, because I feel like as soon as I do that, I'm fucking you know setting myself up to not be happy if I don't hit those things. So I don't really be tripping off numbers. Like my thing when it comes to numbers is as long as we're on the up and it's better than what we've been doing, then we're doing something right. But my my whole goal and intention with this album was to help people who are going through what I was going through. Like that's all I was thinking about. And I see it, you know, in the songs that I've released where my DMs be crazy with people who, who are either, you know, there's a lot of people in my DMs whose parents are ill right now. So they resonate with the music. It's even more people in my DMs who are going through grief and the music is helping them process in any way. So to me, that's the win for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the win is the music helping people navigate through life and shit. The numbers going number and the numbers be fake a lot of the times, like, you know. So I don't really be concerned about the numbers. You know what I'm saying? But for me, it's just being intentional and what I put into the music and just hoping that it resonates with people. And it sounds like it already is. Like you said, if you're having the folks in the DMs hitting you up and responding to it, that's great. And I, I got to imagine that being able to potentially see that impact in person at some point would likely be an ideal thing that I'm sure people would connect with as well. Are there plans to tour or do live shows after the album's released? Yeah, we already got the tour locked in for uh, toward the end of the year. We've got a few festivals. I actually have a festival on Sunday. I just did one in Sacramento. So we got a lot of little festivals and shows coming up, but the actual tour is set for the end of the year. So I'm super excited. Nice. Do you prefer festival performances or do you prefer your own tour stops? I prefer my own tour. You know what I'm saying? Because with a festival, especially for artists at my level, you never really know how many people are there for you. And it's tight because 
it's a bigger crowd so you can win new fans and festival experiences are always super fun but like you alluded to earlier just the connection that i've made with the people that i know i've made that connection with is different you know what i'm saying it's it's spiritual that's the only word i got i can have for it bro because i've had shows where you know i'll perform a song and people cry you know what i'm saying it's like they came for that song you know what i'm saying that that came out of my brain and for whatever reason it resonated with them to me that's just you know and to have people sing songs in unison and it's just like a different type of connection when it's your show but festivals are are, are tight too I man i love festivals yeah I feel like, especially for independent artists, a mix in general is what people do thrive in. And I feel like that generally makes sense. But especially for an independent artist, your career is already built on the long game. And touring is a much longer game than a lot of festivals, right? Festivals, the upfront cash could be great. It could be bigger than what you may get from an initial stop. But like you said, you don't know if they're necessarily there for you, but you could be reaching out to new fans versus at a tour even if the total audience may not be what it may be in that festival crowd, all those people are there to see you and you build on that and you're going there with the next album and the one after that, like that's where that long game is that lines up with that independent mentality. Literally, man. And I'm happy you said that because I'll be trying to preach that to, you know, any up and coming artist that asked me for advice. It's like, that's what I'm focused on, you know, is the touring. That's what I look at. Like even when, you know, everybody has a moment and niggas be lit on the internet and shit look cool. My first thought is like, but can they sell tickets? Are they selling merch? Because in real life, that's what's going to sustain you. Like, have you built maybe another business or brand outside of yourself? Because the internet shit is cool, but real life is what's going <laughs> what gets you paid in, in the long term. So, yeah, I'm happy you said that. Oh, yeah. I, I had had this piece that had gotten some traction recently that was a breakdown on why your followers are not your fans. And the followers, exactly, it's the internet shit that you're talking about, right? It just doesn't always line up. And we both know people that have millions, tens of millions of followers, but they can't sell when they actually go to show things and makes you question, okay, where are all those stream numbers, legit stream numbers and all those things? And you can't fake actually having actual bodies there, like watching you it's perform a it's concert. The only thing you can, it's the only thing you can't fake, man. That's what I'm saying. Like the internet is really, but at the same time, like if you play the internet correctly, you can make money off the internet as well. Like, you know, it don't get it twisted. Like there's money to be made on the internet, but as far as sustainability, like I've only seen it this way, you know what I'm saying? And like you said, everything can be manipulated and even, when it comes to numbers, like you could buy followers, you could buy comments, you could buy likes, but a lot of people will tune in for the spectacle. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of followers who are just like there for the show. Like you're really good on the internet. So we just want to watch you on the internet, but it never translates to anything real. It's like, that's why looking at engagement is such a big thing. Like I'll look at a nigga followers, but then I'll look at how many comments, like I'll be looking at that kind of shit. Like how many comments he got, like how many people are really tapped in with the engagement like on all platforms because that's how you can really tell because it's been artists who like for instance on instagram i think i got like eighty thousand followers right but it's been artists who i've seen that have like twenty thousand followers thirty thousand followers even less their engagement is way higher and they're selling way more tickets than me and i'm like damn dude like that's it because you damn near made all of your followers believe to the point where we following you not only on here but we following you in real life to the stage you know and that's crazy to me so yeah it's, it's an interesting game for sure 
Yeah, that's a good example. I mean, you're seeing it that way because you see it the other way too. People that, you know, you got tens of millions of followers and then less than a thousand people like the last photo. What? Like, no, that don't make Something's sense. not clicking. Something ain't right. <laughs> Something ain't right. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. So you're in the Bay Area. And of course, we know there's a lot of tech investments happening out here. And I know that you interest in things outside of directly making music as well. What does that side of things look like for you? Have you gotten involved in the investing side, looking at different startups and companies? I'm kind of tapped in because I have friends who are really in that world. Like my girlfriend works for Facebook, so she's fully in it. One of my best friends, he works for Google, so he's fully in it. And then one of my good friends who I went to college with, um, Jason Robinson, he has a VR, AR software. It's called Playbook 5. And so he actually just did a pitch in Menlo Park dinner last weekend, pitching his shit to investors. And so his it's lit, it's really tight. Like you put on the Oculus or whatever, and it's for kids to learn. Like kids in high school and middle school who are trying to play any sport in college, it teaches you all these schemes and game plans and everything you learn through a software. But what he's trying to do is make it accredited. So say like they're trying to go to Cal to play football, and Cal runs a three four scheme on defense for the players who aren't like four or five stars who are getting directly looked at by the school. They can look at Playbook 5 and be like, oh, let's check this kid out. He's fully accredited in our scheme, so we can bring him in, and he fully knows what's going on. And so, like, just seeing the homies do stuff like that, you're automatically drawn into it because that shit is the future. You know what I'm saying? And he's telling me, like like I said, how he's pitching. And he's looking for investors. He's down in Austin because, you know, it's booming down there now, and he's moving around. So I feel like just being out here, you get consumed in it, and you learn shit on accident. You know what I'm saying? So I haven't actually invested in any companies, but I'm for sure just like watching and, and learning the landscape as much as possible. That makes sense. You get up with E40 at all? I haven't linked up with, with 40 in a while, but anytime I hit 40, he pick up and he chop game with me. That's the OG, man. Like real cool dude, man. Like I love 40 because any, like I said, anytime I hit him and ask him for gems and wisdom, he always there for me. If I need him on a song, he always there. So shout out 40. Yeah, because like thinking about the investor thing, I mean, obviously both Vallejo and he is the man. Anytime I see it, I'm like, I see his name everywhere. I'm I'm almost surprised when I don't see him in certain deals now. E40 so raw, he gonna sell you anything. That he sells sausages, he sell lumpia, he got E Quarenta tequila, he got he got burritos now. He got the hood burritos at the store, like. Bro, when you think about entrepreneurship and just real rap independence, like, E-40 is the pinnacle, bro. Like, he's given niggas the blueprint for so long. like, he's, And he's been doing it. That's what I'm saying. Like, pure longevity. You know, he's like, who's been doing this independent shit for as long as he hasn't been that great at it? It's not too many people. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, shout out to 40, man. He, he's been ahead of the game for a while. And his product's good, too. I mean, we know that there's a lot of artists out there that have stuff that doesn't always click, but his Earl Stevens wine is award-winning. Like, it has gotten shouted out by all those, like, Napa and Sonoma County celebrations, whatever they call them, but he's gotten his props. And it's going to get you faded. I didn't drink, boy, I didn't drink some of that and been whooped. I'm like, oh, God, E-40 is crazy. What is it called? But yeah, I know you're talking know. about. Yeah, it ain't no joke, bro. If you kind of get drunk, <laughs> drink some of that Earl Stevens Select, man, that's crazy. Oh, man, man, it's wild. It's wild. 
but Raj, man, I'm, I'm excited for you. You got a lot to look forward to this year. Obviously, I know that a lot of it hasn't been the easiest, but when we're looking at the rest of this year, then also into 2023, what are you most excited about? What's getting you excited, looking forward to where things are heading and where you want to, where you want to take things? Yeah, man, I'm just excited to drop the album and just see where it takes me, hit the road again, go to Europe, you know, do all the things that come with dropping the album. Cause I feel like for the last year, year and a half, I've really missed that. So just like everything that comes up in our music, you know, like the, I think the next phase of my career is like, really focusing focusing on other artists from the Bay who I think have a lot of potential and kind of like giving them game and wisdom and putting them on. So I'm working with, you know, a bunch of different artists in the Bay and just kind of focusing on them and giving them shine because I, I think it's a renaissance happening in the Bay, you know, in the underground music scene that not too many people know about. You know, I feel like it's really coming to light and you get to see how diverse the, the music scene in the Bay is because I feel like for a while we were just known really for one thing, one sound, but it's so much dope shit happening in the Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like from dudes like Elu J to it's a singer in Vallejo. She's really tight named Tyler Lauren. She's really cool. My brother Dakota White Fox, Michael Sneed who's doing raw shit. My boy Jimmy. You got, you know, I think how you say her name is Tweet Music. She's doing a lot of shit. It's just like it's so much going on in the Bay, you know, and I'm happy that it's actually getting the light that it deserves at this point. I know that's legit. And thinking about all the activity too, I'm sure you saw it as well. The Golden State Warriors started their own record label. And I'm like, if there's any sign no, that there's I something, it's one of the best. Oh, you didn't hear this? No, tell me about it. I did not know you started a record label. Okay. I I'll send you the link to it after we're done. But yeah, so Golden State Warriors started a record label and they are planning to sign and support the artists that are local in the area, right? Like they want to invest in the talent here and using their arena and using the concerts that come through as a platform, maybe some of their own documentaries they're trying to use that and use that as a platform to push these artists. That's crazy. No, I did not know that. That's actually insane. That's tight, though. That's interesting. I need to read the article because that's crazy. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, because I actually just uh, interviewed the guy that's running it, David Kelly. He's their chief business officer over there. So yeah, I'll send you the link to that too. Dope, man. No, I appreciate that. That's clean, though. That's tight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But Rajan, before we let you go, is there anything else that you want to plug or let the Trapital audience know about? Man, just, you know, I'm dropping a blue hour soon. I uh, appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate anybody who's watching this has been a, a fan of me for however long. And, you know, just stay tapped in. I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. And where can people find you? Anywhere, man. Google. <laughs> on <any laughs> I'm on every platform. Rex Life Raj, R-E-X-X-L-I-F-E-R-A-J. You know, if you know how to use the internet on your phone, you can find me. I'm everywhere, man. Everywhere like here. <laughs> bet, bet. Sounds good, man. All right, man. I appreciate you. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share it with a friend. Copy the link, text it to a friend, post it in your group chat, post it in your Slack groups, wherever you and your people talk, spread the word. That's how Trapolo continues to grow and continues to reach the right people. And while you're at it, if you use Apple Podcasts, go ahead, rate the podcast, give it a high rating and leave a review. Tell people why you like the podcast. That helps more people discover the show. Thank you in advance. Talk to you next week.